0: and now presenting the star of the show podcast with your host delaney swift hello and welcome back to the star of the show podcast i am your host delaney swift and today's episode is brought to you by, no, I'm just kidding, we don't have any sponsors of the show just yet, but I am quite confident that that day will come very, very soon. So welcome back to the show. Today's episode is going to be about comfort zones and about embracing discomfort, putting yourself out there, embracing fear and feeling the fear and doing it anyway, which we see that quote a lot on Pinterest or at TJ Maxx in a framed photo. But however cliche it may be, the message is very real. So that's what this episode is going to be about today, embracing discomfort, how to put yourself out there, how to embrace the fear, how to move towards the fear in order to get over the fear and anxiety that you have and we're going to talk about some examples from the community. I asked on my Instagram for some examples of ways that community members have put themselves out there in 2023. And I told everyone that I was going to share these answers anonymously. And honestly, I'm very inspired by some of them and it's really cool to see. So I'm going to share some of those anonymously from community members that shared answers. We're also going to talk about how I've done that in the past year, what that's looked like for me, how I came to the realization that that was, was something that I maybe wanted to push myself to do and just like how I've been feeling recently and how I need to kind of remind myself of these things and just some good resources for how you can check yourself, how you can you know keep yourself accountable things like that and we'll do some pop-up culture at the end with just some recent news and things that are happening that i'm incredibly shocked about and i'm sure the community will be just as shocked so with all of that being said let's get into the episode Okay, so let's first start with why I'm even inspired to share this topic and talk about it and inspire you to do the same in your life and why this is even something that was relevant to me. So I started off the year 2023 with creating a vision board, writing down my goals as a lot of us do. And the kind of overarching theme that I had was that I wanted to embrace the discomfort And I don't know if that's exactly how I worded it or if it was like lean into, yeah, I think it was embrace discomfort. That's what it was. And my boyfriend, Daniel, and I, who, by the way, he was on the last episode, I think it's a good one where he talks about his entrepreneurship journey. We talk about our relationship. We talk about his business and lots of other things, Um, relationship advice, living together, all of that sort of stuff. You can go listen to that episode. It's episode 19. I digress. But Daniel and I, we came up with some goals separately. We kind of talked about our goals and just how we wanted to go into this next year. And a lot of like the same topics and themes were coming up. And we both just kind of like, kept repeating the same phrase. We're embracing discomfort. And we were getting like amped up by that notion of like, we're going to go towards what makes us uncomfortable. We're going to go towards the things that make us scared or feel a little bit nervous, and just know that it's going to help us grow. Now, simultaneously, I started working with my therapist around, I believe, like November of last year, so November of 2022, and it is now September of 2023, so almost a year we've been working together, but around the beginning of the year, there was something that she said to me that clicked, where she basically had me because as I've said in multiple previous episodes, we've been working together to kind of, I don't want to say treat, but combat some of my OCD symptoms. And a lot of the, the things that we were doing or the homework that she would give me would be things where I would have to go and basically like do the thing that was making me really anxious or nervous. So So the term used for these things is typically exposures. So exposing yourself to the things that make you a little bit more uncomfortable in manageable ways. So you basically like rank from one to seven on like a pain level or how anxious it makes you and then you start around like the three or four mark on the scale, seven being the highest, most anxious that it makes you. And we started with things around the three or four mark of this makes me anxious, but only at like a three or four, like very mild and exposing yourself to certain things like that. So giving yourself little, almost like tasks of things that you have to do or go and expose yourself to. And basically the whole point of this, and this happens, I believe, again, I'm not therapist. I'm not a medical professional. This is my experience from working with a medical professional, but I believe that this is something that happens a lot with patients with OCD or anxiety. They will basically, the, the medical professional will help you like do these things in your real life in order to have the outcome of these not really making you as anxious anymore. So knowing that like, if, for example you go and you i don't know touch the grass okay and that's like that's your fear this is a really weird example but say you're afraid of touching the grass okay that makes you really anxious <laughs> you touch the grass you realize the whole world is not going to burn up in flames you're not going to die you're not going to have you know a nervous reaction like these terrible things that you're thinking in your head are actually not going to happen and once you kind of acclimate yourself to these exposures or doing these things that make you really uncomfortable, then you can start to like feel your anxiety lessen. So, and the other thing too that I've been working on in therapy and I've just learned over the last year is that you're never going to probably be completely void of anxiety and that shouldn't be the goal. You shouldn't be trying to win or achieve this goal of, like, never having anxiety again. That's simply not, it's not achievable. It's not really possible. And basically, anxiety is your body's way of telling you that there's maybe something wrong or something to be on alert for, and it's your body's way of protecting you. Like, we can think back to prehistoric times when, you know, we were, living in caves and we had to go out and we had to catch our food for the night and there was a threat, your body goes into fight or flight in order to protect you. So that's really where it comes from is your body trying to protect you and your body having this visceral reaction to something that is a potential worry or a threat. But getting yourself to train your body to know that these things may not actually be threats after all, or they're not as much of a threat as we think they are, and getting your body to like calm down in the moment so that the more these things come up, the better you're able to handle them. Again, it's not going to completely take away all of your anxiety or your worry because that's just a human emotion, a human reaction, a human feeling. And your body should be able to experience every single feeling or emotion that the human is capable of. But again, if it's something that like, is crippling you so much so that it's like really having or taking a toll on you in your normal everyday life, then that's where you need to maybe check in and be like, okay, what are these things that really give me a negative reaction and how can I check myself in the moment and make sure that when these things are coming back up, I am taking stock of it and handling it differently so that I don't want to crawl in a hole and die and stay in my comfort zone all the time so that I never have to actually experience feeling anxious or worried or scared or this terrible feeling that I have. So through working with my therapist, we basically, you know, decided that I was going to start doing some of these exposures to help alleviate some of that anxiety or stress or worry that comes up in these you know times of trigger points for me or these times of like very very high anxiety and her wording was i want you to be able to lean into the uncertainty lean into the discomfort so lean into the uncertainty is very similar to embracing the discomfort right it's just leaning into the idea that i may not be able to control the outcome i may not be able to control how this goes or do anything one way or the other so that I don't have a negative experience because my whole thing is I try to do everything in my power so that there isn't a bad outcome or I'm not unhappy or I'm not anxious or I'm not sad or worried or whatever the, th- the thing is that I'm worried about. I want everything to be perfect and go well and be happy. And I want to avoid pain or failure or risk at like all possible costs. And that's just not normal. That's just not how the world works. So, you know, her wording was, with all of these scenarios, I want you to lean into that uncertainty that I'm going to do this no matter what the outcome is and accept that that's just how the world works. And that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes, you know, this may absolutely suck or it may not. Like, maybe this will be incredible. Maybe this will be awful. Maybe this will be miserable. Maybe it won't be. So on that theme or that token, that was very early on in the the year where, you know, I, I set these goals for myself. I decided that I was going to make this like my yearly mantra of embracing the discomfort. And then when I had this conversation with my therapist about leaning into uncertainty, I just was like, okay, this is what I really want to make my life mantra so that anytime I'm up against a decision where there is something that I'm more anxious or worried about, then I will know that I need to go towards that decision. Now, of course, if like, it means making yourself absolutely miserable for no real possible like outcome then it's, it's pointless. Right. But like, for example, I'm not going to go sit in a tub of worms <laughs> like fear factor. Right. And just make myself sit there because what's the point. Right. But um, if I, am I going to stay at a job where I'm really unhappy and I'm not growing and it, and ignore a potential really amazing op- job opportunity that really scares me and makes me feel worried and anxious and you know will this be something that's a fit for me like where you know that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about right or if, if I have social anxiety and a friend asks me to hang out but I really don't want to go saying okay yeah I'll I'll go I'll I'll go and I'll hang out with these friends lean into uncomf- you know that uncomfortability or that that discomfort there now people this was hard for me to grasp because there was a lot of little scenarios that was like okay well what about boundaries what about this that and the other you have to like listen to yourself on that one but I think it's just like making the decision for yourself and being just like leaning fully into that decision that really makes the difference so I'll give you some examples of what, like how this has come up in my life recently. So in February, um, I, well, no, in January when I was making these goals and these vision boards, I really knew that I wanted to do something to hold myself accountable or, you know, challenge myself, put myself out out of my comfort zone. But I needed to like make it official so that I knew that I would hold myself to this. So I knew I wanted to get back into running, but I knew that I wasn't prepared to run a full half marathon or a marathon, but I just wanted something on the books to keep myself accountable to running just in general. So I was like, I kind of want to do a 10K. I looked up a 10K and I booked it like right there on the spot that day. And I was like, all right, I'm running a 10K. Now some of you may say, oh, it's only six miles. Like it's not that far, whatever. Like it wasn't about that. It wasn't about the mileage. It wasn't about how far or how fast I went or anything like that. It was just about doing it and holding myself accountable and showing up and saying I was going to do it because at the end of the day, we're building confidence by doing these things that really, you know, that we say that we're going to do, right? This makes me feel uncomfortable. It made me so fucking uncomfortable that I had to show up there alone in, you know, the dead of the morning in a place where I didn't even know where the entrance was. I didn't know anyone that was going to be there. And for some people that might not be nerve-wracking, but for me it was. But I knew that by holding myself to it, I would get back into running. I would have something to hold me accountable. I would start the year off on a good note. I believe that the run was in February because I signed up for it in January. And I knew I didn't have like that much time until the actual race. But I started myself off on that note. I was like trying to talk myself out of it. You know, maybe this isn't the right time to do it. I'm probably not prepared. You know, I'm going to be i don't know I'm not going to have much time for this blah 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 all of these excuses so i knew that the right decision for me was leaning into discomfort and just booking the race it's not the end of the world if i had to walk all of these things whatever so i booked the race i did the race and that was kind of like a smaller little example right now another example is probably sometime around the you know the spring maybe march or april I was scrolling on Pinterest, uh, I was thinking about starting the podcast, I really wanted to like just do it, I was nervous, I had literally had the idea for the podcast for months and had things written down, whatever, I, I had the idea all planned out. I had the equipment, I had everything I needed, but I just hadn't started because I was afraid. I was scrolling on Pinterest one day to get some like inspiration for podcasts, for how to decorate a podcast studio all of this kind of stuff. And I came across a link to an event put on by Dear Media that was like a podcasting networking panel event. So basically, there was going to be panels all day long in Austin, Texas. I believe the event was on May 5th or 6th. In Austin, Texas, panels of like influencers and podcast hosts and entrepreneurs and people that I really looked up to and respected all in one room. And I saw the tickets, the VIP was sold out, and then the regular general admission was still available. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to book this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get to Austin. I don't know really anyone in Austin. I don't know who's going to go with me, but I'm just going to book this before I have a chance to regret it. The tickets were were like only $85 or something like that. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to book this before I talk myself out of it. And... Like, right when I was booking it, I was like, Daniel, I'm booking this thing in Austin. Like, do you want to go to Austin with me? It'll be really fun. Like, I'm going to go to this event. So I did. I booked it. And I didn't really know anyone that was going. I, actually, I didn't know anyone that was going. Um, I had to buy a ticket to Austin. Daniel came with me. And, you know, he just hung out while I was at the event. And prior to the event, I had reached out to a friend that I knew lived in Austin who actually was going. Um and we were going to meet up there. She didn't end up going and she actually gave me her VIP ticket which was so kind and so generous and sweet. So shout out Andrea. That was so so sweet. But I actually posted a video on TikTok saying like, "Hey, I'm going to this event. If anyone in Austin's going or anyone that, you know, sees this video is going, please comment. Like I'd love to go together." And then like a couple people That I knew from online or one person I didn't even know, but she happened to live in St. Petersburg, commented on it and we met up together and it was perfect because she lived in St. Petersburg. We became friends afterwards and we like texted about what to wear, whatever. We we met up there. I met a friend through her that she had met before I got there. And then another girl that I met online who actually was on the podcast, Jen, she works for Dear Media. We met up there. And honestly, it was just like such a great place to go alone because so many people went there alone. They were so nice and willing to chat and just a great place to make friends. So it was just really cool because I had never really put myself out there to that extent. Well, maybe I have, I don't know, but it just, it didn't feel like something that was typical for me. Right. And it felt good to just like do something because I wanted to do something and I didn't know how or when, or like what was going to how it was going to come together. I just knew that I was going to this on this date in Austin and I was going to fucking do it. So that was another, you know, earlier in the year example. And anytime I find myself coming up against like a decision, I always think about, am I am I doing this because it's comfortable or am I doing this because it's going to help me grow? And that really is like the, the guiding light now in how I make decisions. So another example is I was presented with a job opportunity about you know three weeks to a month ago and I was kind of thinking in the back of my head like I'm not going to take this job if I get offered it just because I don't know if it really aligns with me I didn't really give myself the chance to open up to it and then once I got the offer I was like you know what this is actually a great offer there's a lot of things that I love about the offer and a lot of ways for me to grow and it kind of came to a place where I was like am I staying in this this job or this position Because I feel like there's a possibility for me to continue to grow. Or am I staying here because it's comfortable and it feels safe and it feels like a place where I know everything and I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just comfortable. And knowing that that was the answer, that I'm just comfortable, then I knew, okay, I need to move into this new position where I know that there's a chance for growth. It's the right decision for me. It's going to set me up better financially and all of these other things, right? I knew that that was a good next step for me and if you can make decisions like that knowing okay this next move makes me feel anxious makes me feel worried makes me feel like I don't know what's on the other side I'm very uncertain I don't fully know what it's going to be like yet I can't grasp how this will turn out but you know that the thing that's holding you back is basically just being comfortable and not wanting to put yourself out there and put yourself out of your comfort zone then you can pretty much tell that like okay maybe i need to move towards this thing that makes me feel a little on edge and makes me feel a bit nervous but being open to the possibility of whatever happens happens so that's really kind of how these experiences have shown up for me and how i choose to think when i when i'm aware of it but it's interesting because in the past maybe few weeks maybe 2 weeks even I've felt myself really leaning towards my comfort zone. And it could be, you know, hormones. It could be the season of life. It could be this. It could be that. Whatever. But I'm just really getting sick of hearing myself make excuses. And I'm sick of being so in my head. And one thing that's really frustrating is, like, when you don't feel optimal in, like, your health and your body and your energy, it can really make you feel like it's so easy to make excuses. It's so easy to just do what's comfortable and kind of do the bare minimum or just do above minimum and you know skate by not really push yourself any further and I really felt like I needed to come back to this theme because I almost like need to give myself this advice again and also you know like when fall comes around I'm just like I want to be on the couch with a cozy blanket watching my favorite tv show or watching Gilmore Girls or reading a book or just be on the couch with coffee and like just be in my nesting egg and it's annoying because it's so hot in Florida still and all I want to do is just like be at home in Ohio honestly with my like friends and family and feel like the cozy fall air and so yeah I really do feel like my my I can feel myself in my head gravitating towards my comfort zone and just leaning on my normal distractions TV social media my couch my bed leaning into being tired and and sometimes that's fine okay if you need to relax go for it. But oftentimes you don't actually need to be sitting on your couch at three o'clock in the afternoon, scrolling on social media or watching TV or whatever it is. Okay. You know, you can check yourself and you know, when you're actually falling into a bit of the excuse portal, you know? So, and another thing is recently we, we got us on an ice bath in our backyard. So, a lot of times the ice bath makes me feel very uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. I have to like push myself. I literally have to push myself to go in there. And I procrastinate it so hard some days. I'll literally be like in the sauna and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go in. And then I won't go into the ice bath and I'll go back in the sauna and I'll just keep going back in the sauna until I'm like brave enough to go in the ice bath. And Then like once I do it, I'm like, okay, it really wasn't that bad. Like I got it over with so much quicker than, you know, if I could have just gone in right away, I would have gotten this whole experience over with a lot sooner. But because I procrastinated it so much, it took a lot longer. So you can check yourself and like know when you're holding yourself back in certain ways. And I'm sure like as you're listening to this, there's probably some things that you know that you're avoiding because you're uncomfortable or you just, you know, you don't want to do it. It sounds like it's going to be hard or challenging. And I promise you, once you do it, you'll feel proud of yourself. So I want to read some examples from the community of things that people in the Star of the Show community or just my online community in general have experienced or have done in 2023 that I think are so incredible. And by the way, I told them that I was going to do this anonymously. So that I shall do. So one submission says that um, I was laid off in April from a job of five and a half years and I'm back in school to pursue my dream of becoming a holistic nurse practitioner. I think that's absolutely amazing. It's like a great way to turn something quote unquote bad or quote unquote negative into something really amazing. And honestly, these are all so inspiring and it's like making me happy knowing that So many of these people are putting themselves out of their comfort zone. Okay. So the next one is my work knows I hate to travel, but I put myself out there for a big opportunity to travel to Italy. Amazing. Another submission says starting my sobriety journey and 12 step program. It felt amazing to admit that I needed help absolutely incredible. And you know, it's it's funny because when I made this submission or I made this post on Instagram, I felt like I would just have people putting in submissions like I did this or like one or two words, but the way that these people are sharing is just really really cool and brave and vulnerable and very very inspiring. I also had some people say that they completed a triathlon. Some people said that they participated in 50-mile rides, 70-mile rides, 100-mile rides. I also had some people say that they completed half marathons. I had someone say that they started a podcast. I had people say that they broke up with a long-term partner. Someone shared that they switched careers. Someone shared that they started their own business. I had someone share that they stood up to a boss and really express their mind. Multiple people said that they changed jobs. And I'm just really proud of everyone who was able to share and open up and be vulnerable and ultimately just be able to create this change in your life because it's very scary. Creating any sort of change in your life can be very daunting and it's very, very brave. So if you feel like you're questioning whether or not, you know, this decision or this change that you're about to embark on is going to make things worse i promise you this is on your heart for a reason and you need to lean into that and i guarantee you it will feel, probably will feel like a weight lifted but if not like change is scary change feels weird growth feels weird so like just know that it's not it's not forever Everything is temporary. Pain, happiness, joy, sadness, everything is temporary. So for those of you who shared, thank you so much. And for those of you right now who feel like they're up against a time in their life where they just don't know maybe what the next step is, think to yourself, what am I avoiding? And think to yourself, am I staying in this place because of comfort or am I staying here because there's actually something valuable that I can take from the situation? And will this new situation bring me growth? Is it making me anxious because of something that's actually a threat? Or is it making me anxious because it's just uncertain? And you'll often find your answer in a lot of those scenarios. Your comfort zone is literally defined as a place or situation where one feels safe or at ease or and without stress. So let's quickly talk about some ways that you can actively put yourself out of your comfort zone or, you know, kind of come back to this practice whenever you're in a place where you're up against maybe a decision or a situation where you're not really sure where to go. So the first thing that you can do is identify your comfort zone in that situation, that moment. So, for example, I have an early workout class, but my bed feels really comfortable and I don't really want to get up. I'm super tired. In this situation, my bed is the comfort zone, but I know that once I get up and go to the workout, I will feel much better afterwards. The second thing is I think you should have clear goals in mind so that you know that you have these things in the back of your head of what you want to move towards. That way, if something feels challenging Or something feels i don't know just like you don't want to do it then you know you have this goal in the back of your head of like okay i know i have this goal that i have to get to so even though this sucks right now i'm gonna get up and go and i'm gonna do it because i have this larger goal or this larger why in the back of my head keeping me going so for example my 10k or any sort of like race if you sign yourself up for a race you know that on this date i have this race and i have to run x amount of miles so if i don't get up right now and run then I'm not going to feel great on race day and I don't want to feel that way at all. So it keeps you accountable. The next thing is really start small. Don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel in one day, one night, whatever it is. Like if you have these little situations, like use the ice bath, for example. If I am saying to myself, I don't want to get an ice bath, I know that that's probably just because I don't want to go. I know it doesn't feel good. It's not always pleasant but afterwards it always feels good so starting small with like okay let me just go 30 seconds a minute two minutes whatever your small is let me just start with that and that way I can work myself up to these things that are a bit more challenging that's why in therapy when you're doing these exposures you start at around a three or a four because you're not going to do your most anxiety-ridden challenge or exposure first because that's probably not going to get the best results right you have to work your way up to that The next thing that you can do is always come back to facing your fears or putting yourself in the scenario of like what gives me more anxiety or what makes me feel more uncomfortable and going towards that scenario now it's up to you to decide like is this something that gives me anxiety and it's actually dangerous like i'm not trying to tell you to literally just do what makes you anxious all the time every day but if it's something that you know is like maybe an irrational fear or something that you want to get over that fear of, then maybe move towards that decision, right? You got to face it because it's never going to get better if we don't ag- actively start trying to put ourselves in these situations where we're a little f- fearful. The next thing is embrace that discomfort. So I know I've been saying this over and over and over again, right? But here's a tool, and I actually talked about this on Case Guy Donner's podcast called Finding Your Power. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go on over to Case Guys podcast called Finding Your Power and you can listen to that episode. We actually have a really good conversation about this. But there's this little practice that my therapist had me do where, for example, you know when you're in a situation where you have anxiety, maybe your chest starts to tighten or your heart starts to pound. So say for you, that's public speaking. You get up on stage, your heart starts to pound, you feel you know, your heart starts to race, your mouth maybe gets dry, whatever this is, put yourself either physically in that scenario or envision the scenario and kind of evoke that feeling of the heart's beating, my chest is tightening, I'm feeling anxious, and make your body physically feel those symptoms. And then don't try to like breathe through it. Don't try to make it go away just let it pass and ease on its own so like think into that feeling feel into that feeling and uh, like maybe close your eyes do whatever it is and allow it to drop and and release and go away on its own don't try to like do these deep breaths or anything like that because basically this practice gets you to understand that in 30 seconds to a minute or however long those feelings will dissipate and completely go away right it's not going to last forever so if you can kind of put yourselves in the situation and embrace the way that you feel in that moment, those symptoms may subside. So that's a good practice that you can that you can do, whether you're literally on your couch or in the actual scenario. Just putting yourself in that mindset, I think, is a really ha- helpful practice because then when you're actually in the scenario, you maybe will be able to handle it a little bit better or get it under control a bit quicker. Um the next thing is seeking a buddy or a support system or an accountability partner like tell someone in your life or multiple people in your life that these things make you feel uncomfortable and you're kind of working on getting better at them and have them keep you accountable or and or make sure that they don't let you give any excuses and one thing for me specifically was like my therapist said tell your boyfriend tell your mom Whoever is closest to you, tell them the things that you're struggling with and don't let and tell them not to let you like ritualize these things or look for reassurance or acceptance on these things because that will only keep you like in your comfort zone more. So, telling someone who you know and you can trust, I think, is really helpful. The next thing is celebrate your little achievements. So, say, For example, you know, you took a new job or you went in the ice bath, you ran a race, whatever it is, like, be proud of yourself because you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone and you're making these decisions for yourself. There's, like, nothing that bothers me more. And maybe this is, like, maybe I need to check myself a little here because this is kind of like a mirror for me and maybe I see myself a little bit in these people. But when people make excuses, especially, like, friends – like silly excuses that I can see through, and I know that that they're doing it. Nothing like makes like irks me more. I'm just like, come on, like why are you make, making yourself small when I know you have so much potential? So celebrate those wins when you when you do something big or small that you feel proud of, because that's going to be your way of understanding. Like I can do anything. Like I can prove to myself that I can do these things that are really hard and challenging, and maintain that growth mindset. So keep it in mind. Like, don't just stop there. Keep going. Like I said, it's it's really frustrating for me to see when people are wasting their potential. And I don't want any of you listening to this to waste your potential because you're afraid. Like, there is no point in keeping yourself in your comfort zone just because you're afraid or you want to stay comfortable or you don't want anyone to look down on you or anyone to think you're cringy or embarrassing or you don't want anyone to have anything bad to say about you. Like, those are all pointless pointless excuses because it is your only life at the end of the day when you're 80 or 90 years old all of these people that you're worried about impressing or not impressing are not going to be relevant in your life and you're gonna be mad that you didn't do these things for you and only you I have said this before but I think it's so brave when people put themselves out there because it shows that you're like taking yourself seriously and doing something really cool to like change your life for the better and you clearly care more about yourself than anyone else and anyone else's opinion. And I think that that's really powerful and really brave. So don't let yourself stay small because of what other people think of you. And just, yeah, reflect on, on how far you've come. Like write down. Another really good tip is writing down what went well or what great things that you feel like you did. Even if it's – even say you had a day where you didn't feel your most productive – at the end of the day, write down all of the things that you did do. Did the dishes, did the laundry, went for a walk with the dog, um, worked my nine-to-five, called my mom. Like these, you'll realize these things add up of the things that you did despite not feeling your best, despite not feeling great, despite not having all of the energy for said tasks. And, you know, when you look back and you reflect on all of these great cool things that you did, whether they're big or small, you'll start to realize, okay, I actually can, you know, do more than I think I'm capable of. So continue to reflect and celebrate and achieve and don't stop there. It's, I just watched Hard Knocks with Daniel and the, they were covering the New York Jets. And once these, you know, new players made the team and they, you know, they got their contracts and all of this, they basically said like, the work starts now, don't stop now, like, keep going This is, you know, this is when things really start, really amp up. And I can't stress that attitude enough of just about your life in general. Just because you achieve one thing doesn't mean that the work stops. Keep going. And I really should be directing this advice at myself as well right now because I feel like it's applicable. But just keep going. Like this is your one and only life and you get to control what you do with it. So I'll leave you with that on that note. And let's get into a pop of culture. Okay, so we have three stories today in pop of culture. The first story, completely unshockingly, well, the news is shocking to me, but the fact that I'm reporting on this should not be shocking because it's been everywhere, is the Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner divorce news. So Joe Jonas filed for divorce on Tuesday, I believe, um, Tuesday, September 5th. The couple both shared a statement on their Instagram stories in a message saying that the marriage was irretrievably broken. TMZ broke the story. And a key reason, basically, that they said they're ending the marriage is a difference in lifestyle. So, like, question mark. And the straw that broke the camel's back was a ring or, like, video or audio from, you know, the ring camera of Sophie. Although we don't really know what that entailed. So, like, I, I guess there was something caught on a ring footage of Sophie saying something that made Joe basically decide that the marriage was over so a lot has gone on basically on social media about this divorce saying that you know Joe's had the kids with him even though the Jonas Brothers are on tour and Sophie's been kind of like an absent parent that's what the comments on social media have kind of alleged um There's also been talk that like Sophie has been out, you know, drinking and getting sloshed amidst the divorce and like maybe has a drinking problem, but there's been like silence from Sophie and also, you know, we just have, we have no evidence or clue of like what's actually going on and then we hear that apparently Sophie had suffered from, you know, postpartum depression, that allegedly Joe Jonas had... Been kind of like forcing her to go to these industry events, which like if you're postpartum and you're going to like any event, I feel like that's a struggle. But let alone going to a little Hollywood event with a bunch of other people in the industry and having to look your best, act your best, all the while you're really struggling. I think that that's really really hard. So we have no idea really what's going on, but it's kind of making look. It's kind of I think trying to make Sophie look like she's in the wrong and I don't like that I don't really have much to say on this divorce really besides the fact that I'm super disappointed like I did not think that they were going to be the couple to ever get divorced I honestly didn't think any of the Jonas brothers would get divorced I I could see like Nick and Priyanka I guess but like no. at the same time I feel like all of them just like come across as this like one big happy family unit and again like no no one really knows what goes on behind the scenes. I just did not see this one coming. Like they're very private. It seems like they go kind of like by the book in terms of like a celebrity marriage where, you know, they keep things very private and in my head that was just kind of like okay, this is what they're doing to keep their marriage safe. And I don't know. I just I really like I really stood for this couple and I loved them and It makes me think about that one. um, God, what was that like documentary that they did? I think it was on Amazon. What was that freaking called? Chasing Happiness. That's what it was. That's what it was called. And it was on Amazon, Chasing Happiness. And in that documentary slash show, Joe talks about like when he first met Sophie and how like in love he was and just like how it changed everything for him. And it like changed him as a man. And I just I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about that and it just breaks my heart, so I'm interested, I'm, I'm interested to see what else comes out, I, I don't know if we'll hear from Sophie, like, I don't even know if we'll ever get the full story, but I'm just really freaking disappointed about this, and I don't, for one second, want to believe that Joe Jonas is not a good guy, or he's, like, trying to make her look bad, he was seen out with, I want to say, like, a nanny, probably, um, in Miami at, lunch with his two kids which like he'd never ever been spotted with his kids ever before but they both have brown hair so like that's cool because I'd never seen anything even remotely of of these kids but I also didn't even know that they had a freaking mansion in Miami I who would have thought that they were living in Florida I don't know maybe this is like common knowledge but I think they just fly very under the radar in my opinion but I'm I'm interested to see what comes out I feel like I don't know. I don't even know if like anything will come out and it makes me feel bad because I'm like they shouldn't have to tell the whole world. But again, like I even find myself falling victim to wanting to know what is going on in their lives. So that's the first piece of news because we how could we not talk about that in pop of culture when it's like one of the biggest things going on right now, at least for like my age group. Um, the second thing is... And I mean, I don't even. This is barely news, but Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner have been seen in public officially. I mean, yeah, we saw that picture of them, like with I don't know even where they were, like outside of one of their houses, like smoking a cigarette or something like that. But there was no PDA at all. So they're at the Beyonce concert, Beyonce concert recently, and they were showing a lot of PDA, and it was making feel people feel all types of ways. The Timothy Chalamet fan club is really upset and (laughs) think that like nothing could ever be good enough for him. And let me tell you, I did not get the like Tom Holland, Timothy Chalamet hype whatsoever. But I think I'm I'm more of like a Timothy Chalamet girl. I think that he's definitely like cute and he has potential. He's definitely like, I don't know. Like, he just is smaller, right? Obviously, like, that's obvious, okay? It's not me, and I'm just looking at him. He doesn't have as big of a stature as some men, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I watched that movie. Like, this whole thing with Kylie and him, I've been like, okay, he's actually kind of cute. Like, he's got this, like, little swag about him. It was very – I feel like it, it made me feel some type of way seeing them kiss. I was like, oh, that's kind of, like – I kind of see the hype. Like, he's kind of cute, And then I went and watched the movie, Call Me By Your Name. Now, I only got like an hour, an hour and a half through. And let me tell you, that movie is fucking long. It's a movie on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's based on a book, Call Me By Your Name, where Timothy Chalamet has this like male love interest. And I don't know how to feel about, about it. Also, that movie was kind of boring. Like I'm literally an hour, an hour and a half in and like barely anything has happened. So I'm like... And there's still a lot to go, so what the hell? But I would have never thought that, like, from that movie, that kid in that movie would ever date Kylie Jenner. But I I honestly weirdly stand this couple. I know people have a lot of weird feelings about it, but I kind of like it. So if I can't have him or anyone can't have him, then Kylie Jenner should. Now, the next story, the third and final story today, is something fairly shocking. And I'm not even sure how to report on this because there's so much information that has gone on. I like so many details to the story. But Ashton Kutcher has been getting a lot of, I don't want to say hate, but there's been a lot of noise about him in the news recently, as well as his wife, Mila Kunis. Now, this all started because Danny Masterson, who was in That 70s Show with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, who played Stephen Hyde um, in the show. He was sentenced this past week to 30 years in prison on two accounts of rape says, after a pair of trials focused on the Church of Scientology's alleged attempts to shield one of its celebrity members from prosecution, actor Danny Masterson was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison on Thursday morning. So this was Thursday, I believe, September 7th, yep, September 7th, after having been convicted of raping two former members of the church. Masterson, 47, was convicted of two counts of rape in May and a jury deadlocked on a third woman's accusations. The accusations took place in the early 2000s, but Masterson's victims said they waited years to come forward because Scientology doctrine forbade them to report a fellow member to the police. So this that I just read from, it came from the Los Angeles Times. This is, I mean, I don't even know how to comment on this because, you know, if this is true, which I'm assuming that it is because all of these women have come out, like you have to have feel for those victims and, you know, you want to stand with those victims. Right. So I, I just, I, yeah, anywho, like aside from all of that, it's really heartbreaking, but Danny Masterson had a lot, well, a lot of his cast members, friends, family members wrote letters, um, what are they called like character letters so that they could basically take that into account when making a decision about his sentence um you know Ashton Kutcher wrote things about how you know good of a person and a friend and a father he was and a husband and same with Mila Kunis said that you know she had great experiences with him both you know all said that he was a good influence on them and um, asked to take that into consideration when creating his sentence and just how Ashton Kutcher had said something about the fact that he was a father and taking, you know, him away from his child would be, you know, a shame in itself. And people have a lot of feelings about this. So there's another crazy thing that came out. Like, I know, try to keep up with all of this. But allegedly in, you know, the beginning days of that 70s show, Ashton Kutcher was going on a date with this woman named... Ashley Ellerin. she was a 22 year old fashion design student and Ashton Kutcher was on his way to go pick her up for a date and allegedly she was you know dead. She had been stabbed to death by what was claimed to be like the Hollywood Ripper. I guess there was like a slew of murders that was going on in the area area and this mass murderer was calling himself or was called, probably he wasn't calling himself that was called the Hollywood Ripper. So this person is now in jail, but Ashton Kutcher did not immediately call 911 because it was like the beginning of his career at the, in that 70s show. He wasn't really a household name yet. So he called like his agents, his team. Apparently he called his cast members and they all advised him not to call the police because it could make him look bad, make him look like he did it. So they told him to go to the party that he was going to go to with this date. And then... You know, he was just advised basically to let someone else find her. And then he, I think he, honestly, I think that the whole case, no. Okay. So Ashton Kutcher freaked out after date found killed, Los Angeles court told. So this is, and this is from the guardian, a news article, um, Ashton Kutcher told a Los Angeles jury on Wednesday, this is in 2019, by the way. So four years ago that he was freaking out after learning that a young woman was found dead in a Hollywood, in Hollywood, the day after he called her at home for a date, So this was, you know, fairly recently when he was on trial for this, but the actual murder happened in February of 2001. So, and then also randomly Shannon Osborne said that he was like the rudest person that she'd ever met. Like what is, oops, oh my God. I just called her Shannon. I meant Sharon Osborne. Um, she recently said on a talk show that he was, that Ashton Kutcher was the rudest celebrity that she's ever met. So I don't know what all this hate is on Ashton Kutcher recently, but things have been not looking good for him. So, I mean, I just, my heart breaks for the victims of, you know, Danny Masterson, and I'm glad that they are finally getting, you know, what they deserve and can feel safe and comforted knowing that, um. You know, there is justice to, you know, these terrible things that have happened to them. But aside from all of that, like, I just can't wrap my head around what all the all of this is going on, because none of it really makes sense right now. There's a lot of these weird things coming out. And I just don't want to believe that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are bad people just because I've had such a good view of them in my head for so long. So I guess we'll have to start to, like, put pieces together as more information comes out I don't really have an opinion one way or the other about any of this besides like feeling just confused so I it's hard to speak on any of this besides just giving information or saying what I know or what I've read I tried to read like a bunch of the letters and information so that I would kind of be able to explain it but it's just very confusing information right now and like I don't know why it's all coming out now obviously Danny Masterson was just sentenced to 30 years in prison which is like insane and it's that's hard to wrap your head around too because we have no idea what goes on behind the scenes we saw this guy on our tv for all of these years and thought nothing of it and thought they were this great big happy family but now you know what's happened recently it's clear that that's not the case so it'll be interesting to see what comes out over the next few days and weeks but I just really don't want Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis to be these bad people that you know the media is trying to make them be and I don't know we'll see it's it's very confusing and strange And Hollywood like I used to think I wanted to be an actress and be in Hollywood and now I feel like it's just a whole different monster and a scary, weird war- world to be a part of. So this turned really dark. I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> but that that has been a pop of culture. And <laughs> don't forget to embrace the discomfort, okay? Um, I know that that took a weird turn. But I just had to report on these crazy things that have been going on. Um, I hope you enjoyed pop of culture. If you didn't know about these stories, now you do. And... I would love to hear about some ways that you're embracing the discomfort, some things that you did to put yourself out of your comfort zone in the next coming weeks. Please, if you like this episode, send me a message, share it with a friend, post it on your story and tell me some ways that you are stepping outside of your comfort zone. It was so fun and inspiring to read some of the ones that were shared with me from the community. So keep them coming and I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and go and do something that scares you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you are loving the podcast, please, please leave a rating and review and tell others what you're loving about the show. It really helps grow the podcast and helps me create more content for you. If you have suggestions for the pod or questions you'd like me to answer, you can always email staroftheshowpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next Wednesday.